Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We're starting this series called Grit. And really, we get the text from the whole series uh, in Hebrews. I want to show it to you today in Hebrews chapter 10. In verse 32, it says, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insults, suffered uh, uh, in persecution, excuse me. At other times, you stood side by side with those who who were mistreated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourself had better and lasting possessions. So you do not throw away your confidence. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Verse 36, check this out. You need to persevere. You need to have some grit so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. He's saying, listen, I know you've gone through suffering. I know your, your property has been stolen. I know you've been persecuted. I know you've been through all these things. And he says, but you need to persevere. Well, what do you think we've been doing? He's showing us a picture of this concept of us understanding that we can't just go for a hard time in one season, but no, in every season we need grit. We need to continue to persevere. What does the word term grit mean? I'm glad you asked. I want to show it to you. I want to tell you today. It means this, a determination that is undeterred by confrontation. Grit is just a determination that is undeterred by confrontation. And let me just tell you something. We all go through struggles. We all go through hard times. We all go through times where there's sorrow, there's trials. We all go through these situations. So God is saying that we des- he desires for us to be a people that have grit that says, I'm gonna persevere through every season. In James chapter one and verse two, it says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Testing of your faith produces perseverance, grit. Let perseverance, let grit finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let the, let the perseverance, let it mature you. Let the grit, let it mature you and become, to help you become complete not lacking anything. What does this show us? It shows us this, I believe this, that really grit and the fruit of grit is growth. The fruit of grit, perseverance. The fruit of the undeterred. uh, I'm gonna continue on. I'm not gonna be deterred by any confrontation. No matter what the struggle, no matter what the trial, I'm gonna continue on. I'm gonna do what God has called me to do. I'm gonna persevere. From that, the scripture says, you will become mature and complete. You'll grow and be who God's called all of us to be. And so it's important that we would be a people that have grit. And so we're going to talk about, for the next four weeks, really what this means, what this grit is. And we're going to break down the word grit, and we're going to to do four different uh, messages. I'll tell you, G is is going to stand for gratitude. R is going to stand for resilience. I is going to stand for inspiration. And T is going to stand for tenacity. And we need these four things, these four ingredients. If you're making a nice pot of gumbo, for those that are from Louisiana, come on, somebody. I'm from Louisiana. You got to put it all in there. You know what I'm saying? Throw it up in there. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, what about this? Throw it in there. You got to put it. These are the ingredients. These four things are the key ingredients for us to grow in an incredible faith 
to help us persevere and be who God's called us to be. And so we're going to talk about these four things. Well, today, I want to talk to you about gratitude. I want to talk to you about gratitude. We are living in a time and a day and an age where really gratitude is pretty non-existent. We can say the term, y'all know, where we just walk around, we tell everybody, oh, we appreciate you, appreciate you. Appreciate you. You tell your delivery driver, appreciate you. You tell your wife, appreciate you. You tell you the person at the grocery store, appreciate you. You tell the person at the football game, appreciate, appreciate you, appreciate you. You give your bro, you do a bro hug. Yeah, man, appreciate you, appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. You don't even know him. And you're like, yeah, man, appreciate you. You don't appreciate you. You don't know me. You know what I'm saying? We can give the term, we appreciate you all the time, but here's the thing. God desires for us to be a people that we walk and we live in gratitude. We don't just say it just because it's a term that people use, but that we really have the heart that's grateful and has gratitude towards all things. And again, really the fruit, I believe, the fruit of grit is growth. And so what does that mean? That means growth starts. Grit starts. How do we continue to grow? How do we do what God's called us to do? really starts with grit, and here's what it is. Grit starts with gratitude. Grit starts with gratitude. Growth, if you want, we're talking about growth, it starts with gratitude. And we have to be grateful for the things that we have, the things we don't have, the things that we're doing, the things that we're not. We have to be a people that are grateful because here's what happens. If we're not grateful and we're not people that continue to show our gratefulness and share our gratefulness for those around us and to God, what can happen is it can cause us to begin to look inward and we can begin to get frustrated, mad, upset, whatever it may be, complaining, all these different things, because we're not willing to be a people that say we're grateful for what we have and where God has brought us. And I want to talk to you about that for just a minute. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Not only that, but rejoice, he says. I want you to be grateful. I want you to be thankful. I want you to rejoice. I want you to celebrate in your sufferings, in your hard times, in your struggles, in your, in your, in your time of need, when, you, when you're feeling alone or you're feeling insecure. I want you to know. I want you to celebrate. I want you to be grateful. Why? Because we know that it produces endurance, a.k.a. grit. And endurance then produces character, and character produces hope. It's so vital that we understand grit starts with gratitude. If we're really going to be a people that desire to grow, we have to, have pe- we have to be people that have a heart of gratitude. And here's the thing about our culture. Everybody in our culture wants greatness. Everybody in our society wants greatness. Everybody's, di- everybody's definition of greatness is different. But here's what I know. I know this. When every situation in any, in any type of person, if you're going to find success or greatness in that person's life, you're going to find grit. You're going to find somebody that's willing to persevere, that's willing to go, that's going to continue on undeterred through all the different confrontations. You see somebody that's successful in a business world. Let me tell you something. They didn't just get successful overnight by just blinking an eye. No, they had to go through trials. They had to go through trials. Sometimes they had to fail in order to learn. They had to go through these things. And then from that, it caused them to learn and have this grit. And from persevering, they become successful. You find someone that's been married for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Ask them. Hey, has it always been honeymoon night? They're going to be like, uh, no, I wish. Has it always been roses and flowers? Uh, no, hadn't been like that for 20 years. But you find somebody that's been married that long, you talk with them, here's what they say. They say, through the perseverance and through the, through, the, through, the, through the trials, and as we continue to choose to love one another, through the confrontation, we said we're not going to be deterred. Here's what happens. Now, we've had a successful, great marriage. 
You're not going to find great without grit. You're not going to find great without grit. We see all these incredible athletes. We're living in a time, it is unbelievable, the incredible athletes that we're surrounded by in our country. I mean, unbelievable. Believable, the amount of athletic skill that some of these guys and girls have. Well, here's the thing. Yes, some of them, all of them have a natural ability. They all have a natural gift, but none of them are where they are that we are watching because of just their natural ability. They had to just continue to practice and practice and practice and be told no, sit, and be told do this and be coached and all. And through the, the, the continue to persevere, continue to have grit, they become successful in what we would call great in their area of life, in their skill. It's the same thing with you and I. It's the same thing with our faith. If you wanna have a great walk relationship with Jesus, you're gonna have to have some undeterred confrontation. You have to be undeterred towards confrontation. Why? Because there's gonna be things that come at you. There's gonna be things that come at me. There's been things that have come at you. There's been things that have come at me. And so we have to be willing to say, even though I may not I may not see it the way I want to see it, or it may not go the way that I want to go, I'm going to continue to choose the trust. Why? Because I have this grit, and it starts with me being grateful for where God has me. I'm grateful, God, that I know that you're a God that loves me. And so if I really want to see a great relationship with you, or I really want to see a great relationship with my spouse, or I really want to see a great relationship at my job, I have to start it with being thankful and grateful for what it is. I'm grateful for you. Those that are married in the room, when's the last time you told your spouse that you were grateful for them? And not just like the, oh yeah, grateful for you. But I mean, you sat down and you told them how, what, what they meant as far as how grateful for you are, that they're willing to put up with you. Because you crazy. And let me tell you something. Nobody knows you're crazier than you. Like you know in your head, you are you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, you know what I'm saying? And your spouse has chose to, to give their life to serve you and honor you and love you. And so when's the last time you showed your gratefulness? Well, they're not doing the things the way I want them to do it. doesn't matter. It starts with gratefulness. It doesn't start with you doing something first for me. It has to start with me being grateful for you, not for what you can do for me. Ooh, I'm preaching up here. Praise God. Let's go. Let's go. We're about to go into it. Gratefulness. And here's what I know. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 103, it says this. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Then he says this, forget not all of his benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. He starts with bless the Lord, bless the Lord. He's grateful for the Lord. He's blessing him. He said, with all that is within me, my whole life, my whole world, my soul, let it bless your holy name. Let me never forget your benefits. And then he goes on and shares the benefits. You can read them in Psalms chapter 103. But here's what I know. It's, if we're not careful, forgetfulness is an enemy to gratefulness. And here's what we do. Just through common routine of life and through common uh, familiarity, what can happen is we can become uh, so familiar with one another that we can lose the gratefulness because we just forget to even share our gratefulness with one another. Students, when's the last time you told your parents you were grateful for them? And not like, thanks, Dad, for paying for my meal. Thanks, Dad, for the credit card. No, when's the last time you actually sat down and you told them how much they mean to you? Some of y'all, if you're young people in the room, some of y'all, your parents would be so shocked they'd probably pass out. Starts with gratefulness. But forget not. And if we're not careful, here's what happens. Here's what happens. If, and I love this because he says, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. With all is within me. Bless his holy name. And he says, forget not his benefits. Here's what 
we have to be careful of. I'm talking spiritually here. If we're not careful, we can make the story of Jesus and the cross and the resurrection, we can just make it another story and it's just something that we always know. And so then what can happen is it can cause us because we're just using it as just a normal illustration in our normal life. And oh yeah, we know that's what Jesus did. That's why we love as a church to come together. And he says, remember what I've done for you. I want you to remember why. Because remembering helps us to remain grateful. And so here's what we do. Now, in our lives, this is what we should do. We shouldn't just wait till we at church remembering what he did. No, every day I want to take a moment. I want to remember what he did for me. Why? Because it helps me always be grateful. Why? Because I know that without him, I'm nothing. Without him, I'm lost. Without him, I'm broken. Without him, I, 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 there's, there, I'm nothing. It's the, the greatest term. But here's the thing. It's so important that we would say, be a people that say, he says, forget not his benefits. If we forget what Jesus did for us, here's what we do. We end up making it about us. We start to make, hear me, we start to make life about my preferences and not about his purposes. We start to make, if we lose our gratefulness, if we forget and we don't continue to remain grateful, what happens is I begin to make life about me. So now, God, you're supposed to take care of me. You're supposed to bless me. You're supposed to take care of my needs, and he does. He's a God that is so good that he takes care of all of our needs. The Bible says that. But that's not the purpose of the relationship. The purpose of the relationship should be this. God, I just want to be with you, not because of what you can do for me, but because of who you are. I want to be in relationship with you. And I'm grateful for what you've done for me to allow me to be in relationship with you. And so from there, here's what happens now. Because I remember your sacrifice, it's easy for me to let go of the things you've asked me to let go on this, on this planet. See, when people come to me and say, oh, man, I can't believe Christians, like, you can't do all these things. And, like, you can't go to those certain places. And, like, you can't sleep around. And you can't, like, uh, you can't do, and, you know, uh, uh, uh. and here's what I know. You've lost, if people think that way, they've not, they do not have a clear picture of what Jesus did. Why? Because if we see the sacrifice and what he did, it's easy to make the same sacrifice. And I'm not going to say same sacrifice. We could never make the same sacrifice as him. It's easy to make the sacrifices of letting things go to walk with him because we know there's nothing and no greater sacrifice than what he's done for us. And so it starts with the heart of gratefulness. I'm grateful. I'm not like, oh man, I can't do all these things. No, I'm grateful that he loves me so much that he chooses to pull me out of that garbage so that I can live a life of fullness and I can live a life of healing. I can live a life of freedom. And so I'm grateful for him. I'm not gonna forget what he did for me. And it's the same thing with your spouse. It's the same thing if you're in a relationship. It's the same thing with any, any person you're in life with. I'm not gonna forget why, because if we forget, then here's what happens. We stop honoring. Grit starts with gratitude. Gratitude towards what? I'm glad you asked. Philippians chapter four and verse 11, it says this. It says, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Very famous scripture, celebrities and athletes and people that oh, don't even really read the Bible, they have these, this scripture written all over and tattooed and you know, I'll be, uh, you, know you get in the gym and you'll see a guy and he's, he's got 300 pounds on the, on the bar and he wants to get 305 and so he just he kind of slaps himself. He's like, I can do all things through Christ. Let me tell you something, I'm sorry, but you're misquoting the scripture, okay? 
That's not what Paul meant. Paul, when he was writing this, wasn't saying I can do all things through Christ, meaning you can lift 305 pounds. I'm glad you can lift 305 pounds. I cannot. I know you don't believe that, but I cannot lift 305 pounds. Some of y'all laughed and I'm very offended by that, but we're gonna keep going. That's not the purpose of what Paul was saying. I'm glad you believe that you can lift that weight. That's great. Or you're in the kitchen and like you look and there's two cookies left and you're like, no, I'm gonna say no to these cookies. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm glad that you have self-control to say no to those cookies, but that's not necessarily what Paul was talking about. He's talking about being content with little or much. Doesn't matter. I've learned the secret of joy to life is being content with what I have. What does this show us? Grit starts with gratitude. Gratitude for what? Gratitude for what I have. Gratitude for what I have. We can get so caught up, hear me, in what we don't have that we can miss the gift of life that God has given us on this planet today. I would say this. I would say it's, it's unhealthy for our souls. It's unhealthy for our souls. It's, I'll say this. I'm not even going to say unhealthy. I'll say harmful. I think it's harmful for our souls to get caught up in, not, in things that we don't have. But I would say it's even more harmful for our souls, deadly even for our souls, when we get caught up in what other people do have. I think it's harmful for what, when we focus on what we don't have, but I think it's even more harmful than when we focus on what other people do have comparing ourselves to one another. Because what happens is when I start to compare myself and I see that other people have more than what I have, here's what it makes me do. It makes me say, why don't I have that? Why am I not good enough for that? Well, my, I, I don't get to travel on that vacation. Oh, I, I, I don't get to go to those places. Well, I don't, make, I don't have that big time job. Well, I don't have that many followers. Oh, I, I, don't have, I don't have the opportunity to do. And so here's what happens. The comparison is a poison that will destroy our souls and definitely steal our gratitude. And we have to be careful. We're living in a, in a time and a day and age where social media is very popular. I know that. I'm not making fun of social media. I actually believe social media can be an incredible tool to, for us to connect with one another and for you to be able to continue to grow in your business or whatever it is. I believe in social media. But if we're not careful, we can use social media. The enemy will use social media as a platform to cause us to just to live a life of comparing ourselves to everybody else. Never in the history of time have you been able to use one device, where my device is, you've been able to use one device where anybody you know or don't know People that you think you know and they don't know you. People that you've never met before. You can scroll and you can know exactly what they're doing and what they have in that very moment. You can be on a vacation at the beach, living the dream, literally just sipping on grape juice. And here's what you can do. You can be just scrolling. Next thing you know, you see somebody else and they're on a nicer beach. And immediately you say, oh, now we just lost the gratitude of the gift that God gave us to be on that vacation because we're looking at someone else's. We can be scrolling and we can, oh, we got a promotion. And, oh, we're walking around with our promotion. Ooh, ooh, I got a promotion. I'm feel, I don't know why I just did that. I made myself laugh. I caught myself off guard. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyways, that being said, I'm, I got a promotion and <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Stop. <laughs> I got a promotion. 
I don't know why I keep laughing. It wasn't even funny. That's the thing. It was, it was like, what? dude, that wasn't funny at all. I know that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> okay. I got a promotion. Okay. And from the promotion, here's what happens. I'm excited. You get, start to scroll. Next thing you know, you're scrolling and you see so-and-so from so-and-so school is at a bigger company with a bigger promotion. Now what happens is now your promotion isn't enough. Now what you're doing, the very blessings God is, I'm not gonna say you, us. What, with the very blessing God has given us, we start to say it's not enough because someone else has more. But here's the interesting thing. Oh, I'm gonna talk to you for a second. This is what the Lord was showing me this week. Here's the interesting thing. God gives each one of us portions. He gives us each a portion. Now here's the thing. Your portion is perfect for you. It's to bring you joy, to bring you maturity, to, for you to be satisfied with your life, where you are today, what you have. If you're single, that's where it is. If you're married, that's where it is. If you have kids, that's where it is. If you don't have kids, that's where it is. Whatever you are in your life, in the job you're in, it's the portion God has given you. Here's the problem about comparison. We look at other people's lives and we want their portion. Here's the problem about wanting their portion. Their portion will only feed them their portion will actually poison me. And so here's what happens. Now, I'm looking to them, and I want what they have. I'm dreaming about what they have, but the very thing that they have that I think I want will actually poison my soul and corrupt me or destroy me. And so God says, no, that's not for you. I have a perfect portion for you in the season you're in, and so I need you to mature and have some grit and be grateful where you are because I, you gotta know I'm the one that's gifted it to you. Their portion isn't for you. That's for them. And their poison is your for you. Their portion is poison for you and your portion is poison for them. Stay away from their portion because it'll poison you. But here's what we do. We see it. It's attractive and it's my perspective and here's what happens. Our perspective, everything we look at, our perspective will determine whether we're, less, we're, we're restless or, or, we're, or we're grateful. Restlessness or gratefulness. And so I have to choose from the perspective I'm in. Jesus, Lord, this is the life that you have given me and so I'm gonna be grateful what I, with what I have. It may not be the way that we always wanted it. It may not be the way we dreamed it up. There may still be a little bit of lack and you may be hoping and praying. I understand that, but you have to be grateful for the portion you have because I'm telling you this, if you get so caught up, if we get caught up in what other people are doing and what other people have, what we should be getting, what we should be having, we're losing and allowing the enemy to steal and poison our souls for the joy of today. We gotta be grateful. For where we are. I believe that comparison is an enemy to gratefulness. You'll never find someone who deals with comparison. You'll never find them having a heart of gratefulness. So this is what I would challenge you with. If you're struggling with that in your life, it sounds, it's, it sounds so radical, but it's really not. Put the phone down. If you're struggling with comparing yourselves to what other people have, what other people are doing, put the phone down. Turn off the social media, whatever you got to do. Why? Because in the end, we want to be a people that understand that grit and perseverance and growth, it all starts with gratitude. And so I can't allow comparison to steal my gratitude because if I do, I'm going to stay stuck where I am. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed. Do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. And whatever you do, word or deed, 
give thanks. Whatever you do, give thanks. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 18, give, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, in all word and all deed, give thanks. In everything you do, give thanks. What does that show us in the scripture? We believe grit starts with gratitude. We have to, be, we have, to have gratitude towards what we, what we have, but then also gratitude towards, towards what we do. Gratitude to what I get to do, for what I get to do. We oftentimes, hear me, we can read this scripture and we say, yeah, give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah, give thanks in all my word or deed. Yeah, so that means when life's good, man, I got the promotion. Man, I got the relationship. Man, everything. Man, God, thank you so much. Oh, we're getting to go on a honeymoon. God, thank you so much. Oh, I'm giving you thanks. It doesn't just say give thanks when things are good. It doesn't just say give thanks when it's going the way that we want. It doesn't say just give thanks when life's the, the go is, is, is roses and, and, and flowers and whatever it is. It says give, give thanks in all situations. Meaning this, in the highs, I'm thanking you. Because I understand, God, where you have me is where you want me. And the lows, God, I'm thanking you. Because I understand, God, where you have me is where you want me. It may not be where I want to be, but I know you're producing something in me. You're giving me a grit to mature and become complete in a way that I could not go be without going through this situation. So, God, I'm going to be grateful even in this situation. Whatever I get to do, God, I'm thanking you. I'm thanking you. I'm grateful. And gratitude, I believe, we, it, begin, it celebrates what we do and what we have. Gratitude celebrates what we do and what we have. Ungratefulness causes this. It causes us to complain. Complaining in our culture and in society is so easy, most of the time we don't even realize we're doing it. Complaining is so easy in our society that most of the time we don't even realize we're doing it. I would challenge you Start to take a tally on the words that you speak and watch how often you're complaining about something. It's so natural in our culture. It's so natural that literally it just comes out of our mouth and we don't even, we just, we don't even realize we're doing it. Just the other day, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I'm going to I'm going to share some things with you, but it, it, many of you know our story. Ashley and I, my wife and I, we were unable to have children for over five years and um, we, were, we, we dealt with infertility and we prayed. Oh my goodness, did we pray and we prayed 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 and we asked and we prayed 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 and then we prayed some more and then we prayed. After, after, I say seven years, we were married for seven years when we had our first child, after our first child, the first child was born. Then 20 months later, our second child was born and I said, God, hold up. Here's what I caught myself. Again, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. Here's what I caught myself the other day. We have a newborn. For those that don't know, we have two children that are under 20 months and are a newborn. He's only six weeks old or seven weeks old. And, uh, and if you've had a child that's six weeks, seven weeks old, you know, okay? The rest of y'all, you don't know. But for those that you know, you know what I'm saying? And so we're just in the thick of it. In the middle of the night, 
getting up. And I, I caught myself, no kidding, I caught myself in the middle of the night holding the child. And I'm just like, please, just go to sleep. Please, just go to bed. I'm like, God, make the dear brother go to sleep, please. Help me. I just want, like, like, God, like 10 minutes. Like, just let me, like, let me, like, snooze. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something. And here's what's interesting. In the, I'm telling you, in the middle of the night, nobody was around. Nobody was talking. It was the middle of the night, in the dark, because we're trying to get the kid to go to sleep. God spoke to my heart, slapped me right across the face. This is what he, this is what he spoke to my heart about. You're complaining about an answered prayer. It's so interesting because oftentimes, hear me, we can get so caught up in the moment that we're living, in the misery or the struggle that we're living in, that we can complain about the very gifts that God has given us and the answered prayers. We prayed for almost seven years. In less than two years, I'm complaining. Let me tell you something. And I, again, God, God, I mean, in the middle of the night, I was, I, I was, I was, I, I, God wrecked me. And it's so vital that we understand this because here's what we do. We oftentimes, we, we complain and we don't even realize the things we're complaining about are the very gifts that God has given us. Can I tell you this, sir, ma'am? Can I tell you that the spouse that you may be complaining about that's leaving, ma'am, that's leaving his laundry out and you've been like, man, why in the world can I have to keep telling you to put your laundry away and your laundry sinks? Can I just tell you the person you're complaining about is the very person you prayed for? Remember when you were single and you're like, God, just, just send them, please. Please, God. I can't be single forever. Please, anybody. Five, 10 years down the road, you're praying, God, anybody else but him. Fellas, when you've been working real hard, oh, Jesus, help us, fellas. And we get home from work and we tired. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like you like tired, tired. And you're like, all your words have been used at work. And she walks in and she's the brightest could be. And she's like, it's time to chat for four hours. <laughs> can I remind you, fellas, gentlemen, can I remind you the very person you're complaining about is the very prayer, the person that you prayed for. Just because it's not the way that you may think in your mind a fantasy would look like, that's not what grit is. Grit is no matter what it goes through, no matter what it takes, I want this to be great. And so I'm gonna be grateful for what it is. We can complain about our jobs. We can pray, oh God, give me the promotion. Give me the promotion. Give me the money. Give me the money. Give me the money. Show me the money. God, give it to me. Then we get the promotion. And then we gotta deal with people. And y'all know people are crazy. And when I mean people, I mean you and me. Oh, we want the promotion, but then now we don't want the responsibility. So now we're complaining. Oh, God, these people. Oh, I got to go to work. These people wear me out. Oh, we see the phone ring. like, mm, not them. Oh, please. But can I remind you, hear me, can I remind you that it's a very prayer that you prayed. He answered it. So be careful how you speak about what you are, you're doing and what you have. Why? Because could it be, is it possible, just a thought, I wonder if, Maybe some of the prayers God has not answered in our lives yet. Could it be because he knows if he answers them, we're just going to complain about them. 
Could it be we're missing on some of the promises of God because of this? I don't want to ever miss what God has, the blessings and the giftings that he has for me because I'm running my mouth complaining about what he's already given me. This is why it's so important that we know we live and we start with a heart of gratitude and saying everything I have, everything that I do, God, I'm grateful for because I know it's a gift from you. It's a gift. Can't tell you how many times we prayed. Can't tell you how many times we prayed. When we were doing portable church, for those that were with us many years ago, we were a portable church when we started. We were meeting in Leon High School. Can't tell you how many times we were praying for a space and we were praying for, for an opportunity to have something where we could just literally just meet and we're going to have to set up and tear down every single week. And here's what's happened. God's blessed us with that over the years. Now the room gets too full and now we complain about, I, I say we, me. I'm going, okay, God, we need something bigger. Come on, God, help me out. What are you doing? Well, be careful because we're not going to complain about it. We're going to be grateful for where he has us because we know if we continue to remain grateful, he's going to continue to bless us with his promises. Does this make sense? I'm closing. But can I challenge you with this? We all need grit. But it starts with gratitude. We will never truly persevere and never truly walk the way that God is desiring us to through all confrontation, through all struggles, through trials, without having a heart of gratitude. Well, that's not the way I wanted it to look. I'm grateful, God, for where you have me. Oh, it's not the things that I wanted. I'm grateful, God, for what you have for me. I'm grateful where you have me and what you've given me. Why? Because I know this. I know that, God, everything in my life is a gift. Yeah, okay, you've used your hands. Yeah, okay, you've worked hard. Yeah, that's great. But in the end, it's all a, a gift from him. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my, my life. My heart posture is going to start with gratitude. Because here's what we can get into if we're not careful. Oh, well, I deserve more. No, I deserve, I deserve better. And I deserve greater. And that's, that's, that's great. But here's, here's what I would challenge you with. Careful, 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 careful. As you're praying and saying, you're not getting what you deserve. Because I'll tell you this right now. I don't want to get what I deserve. I don't want to ever get what I deserve. Because let me tell you something. Your life may be perfect and you may be the, no, you must, may be the saint of all saints. But let me tell you something. I don't want to get what I deserve. Jesus, who loved me so much, He's cho he chose to give his life so that now that I could be made perfect in him, so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be healed, so that I could have eternal life. I don't deserve his grace. I don't want to ever get what I do deserve. What I do deserve is death and, and eternal damnation. I don't want to ever receive what I deserve. I'm grateful for what I have now because I know if I'm grateful for what I have now, I'm showing him that I'm not just grateful for this moment. I'm grateful for eternity because I know I'm not a person that's trying to get what I deserve. I'm trying to get what God wants to bless me with because I know what he'll bless me with, I'll never deserve. And we can become entitled as a culture. We take this cultural mentality of entitlement and we bring it into the church and we bring it into Christianity and we think, well, no, we deserve 
We deserve this because we're good Christians and we go to church and we read the Bible and we pray. So I deserve this. No, we don't deserve anything. And I'll tell you this. If Jesus never did anything ever again for us, if Jesus never blessed us ever again, if he never gave you one more dime, never gave you one more relationship, he never gave you, if Jesus never did anything else, and he will because he's a good God, but if he, if he did nothing else, he still did enough. He still did enough because he was willing to give his, his all so that you and I could have eternal relationship with him. So let us as a church, as individuals, let's start the heart posture we go through this series, and I'm excited about this series. It's going to be really good. I'm excited about this concept of us saying, it's going to start with gratefulness. It's going to start with gratitude. God, in everything that I have and in everything that I do, I'm grateful for what you've done and what you continue to do in my life. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer today?